0: scott's first christmas by douglas j. e bach in the town of normal pennsylvania there's a little church at the corner of wilson and elm carrie winslow and her husband carlos lopez moved in with carrie's parents church members dell and karen winslow a year and a half ago when the company they worked for went under in that time carrie gave birth to her first child scott In early December, Carrie and Carlos sat Dell and Karen down to deliver some big news. They were planning to go to Carlos' parents' house in Cincinnati for Scott's first Christmas. The other set of grandparents was eager to get a little time with the lad. Karen went pale at this announcement. It would be the first time Carrie had not spent Christmas with her parents since she was born. Taking Scott away as well just added salt to the wound. Carlos, well, Karen liked Carlos, but he wasn't quite in the same league as her daughter and grandson. Karen put on a brave smile, but the tear that ran down her cheek gave her away. Carrie saw her mom's face and quickly assured her that they would all partake in every Christmas activity normal had to offer until time for the young family to depart. And she was true to her word. She posted a special holiday calendar on the fridge to keep track of all the once-in-a-lifetime family Christmas events. The truth was, Carrie's plan to fill the month with holiday activities was not just for Karen's benefit. Carrie wanted Scott's first Christmas to be perfect. She had some deep-seated fear that somehow he would miss out on a defining holiday experience that would haunt him for life. However, at 10 months old, Scott did not always grasp what all the fuss was about. So Dale and Karen went along when Carrie and Carlos took Scott to the mall to sit on Santa's lap. Scott cried the entire time. And Dale and Karen went along when Carrie and Carlos took Scott to a local farm that was offering Christmas hay rides. Scott spent the ride trying to eat the hay. Dale and Karen also went along when Carrie and Carlos took Scott on a drive to see Christmas decorations. Scott never looked out the window, absorbed as he was by a talking teddy bear. Then Carrie and Carlos purchased a seven-foot-tall Christmas tree that they decorated with Dell and Karen in the living room on a Saturday afternoon. Scott slept through the whole activity. Karen dutifully recorded each of these events with her digital camera. Among the thousand or so pictures she took, she managed to find a dozen where it appeared that Scott was actually in the Christmas spirit. Those were printed and added to his baby book. Carrie, Carlos, and Scott were scheduled to leave three days before Christmas. Two days before their departure, Karen set a couple of presents under the tree for Scott. She sighed and looked at Carrie. I guess we won't get to see him open these. Take pictures for us." I have an idea, Carrie said. Why don't we have our Christmas morning right before we leave? Scott can open his presents from you and Dad then, so you won't miss out. He could open some of ours too. We brought him over a dozen things. There'll still be plenty of gifts for him to open in Cincinnati. So bright and early on December 22nd, Dell and Karen and Carrie and Carlos and Scott gathered around the Christmas tree to open presents. For Karen and Carrie it was a bittersweet experience. Dell mostly struggled to stay awake. The intense schedule of activities had worn him out. Scott seemed to be having a good time opening the gifts, though he was more interested in the wrapping paper than the contents. And then Carrie and Carlos and Scott left for Cincinnati. On Christmas Day, Dell and Karen woke up a bit after nine. It's been a long time since we got to sleep in this late, Dell noted. Not since Scott was born, Karen said with a sigh. They ate breakfast and opened their gifts to each other. About that time, Carrie and Carlos called from Cincinnati. Karen did an admirable job of feigning cheerfulness. Dell may not have been the most sensitive guy in the world, but he had been married to Karen a long time and knew how she was really feeling. When they hung up, he offered to go make her some hot chocolate. It seemed to help. About mid-morning, Karen went into the kitchen to make their traditional Christmas feast of standing rib roast and rhubarb pie. It was more than the two of them really needed, but both felt the custom especially important this year. When it was ready, she asked Del to sit at the table. Use the good china, she said. Huh, Dell said. Another thing we haven't done since Scott was born. While we're at it, maybe we should open a bottle of red wine. That elicited the first real smile from Karen all day. During the meal, they found themselves talking about literature and current events. By the time they finished their pie, Dell could tell Karen was actually beginning to appreciate a day with just the two of them, even if it was Christmas. Then a jazzy song came on the radio. Would you like to dance, Dell asked. Really, Karen said. There's nobody to stop us. Dell stood and extended his hand. Karen took it and they danced, Dell spinning and dipping her through three songs. She laughed so hard she cried. Enough, she finally gasped. I'm not as young as I used to be. You look plenty young to me, Dell said with a lascivious wink. Why don't you rest up while I clear the table? Dell was loading the dishwasher when Karen called to him from the family room where the computer was. Carrie emailed photos of Scott opening his presents this morning. Dell peeked in and saw Karen's wet eyes as she clicked through the pictures. Someone needs to teach Carlos's parents how to use a camera, she muttered. These are terrible. Oh, well, Dell thought. Grown-up Christmas was good while it lasted.